Shao Kahn. I don't think I'm losing the southern accent now that we started. Calm down. Welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. This season, we are doing a read-through of Beautiful Creatures by Cami Garcia and Margaret Stoll. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. This is a book about... Some heebie-jeebie stuff. Something. I don't know. <laughs> it's in the South, so we've been working on our Southern accents. Because <laughs> you know we needed it. We, we needed it. To capsize. <laughs> Instead of capture what has happened so far. Ethan's done drink this dream. Oh, on time gone by? On time gone by. Oh, this pretty girl he can't remember the face of. Mm-mm. But he smells the lemons and rosemary. <laughs> And, and this weird song keeps playing, and he's riding to school with Link. His friend. His friend. His best friend. His best, His best friend. friend. A Twinkie when they were five. And now they ride in Link's beater to school. And that's just how it is. It's just how it is. So he asked Link about this 16 Moon song. And Link like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, I have no idea in what you were referring to. Anyway, Ethan I got Lawson a song Link. for you. Click, click. Oh, listen. He can't find it anymore, though. Let the beat drop. <laughs> are we there yet? Okay, we are starting off with chapter two? Three. Two. 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 We have no chapter numbers, and that bothers me. So it is currently September 2nd, and this chapter is titled New Girl, as in, hey, girl, what you doing? Hey, girl, where you going? Who's that girl? Who's that Maybe girl? Maybe we should just it's mention just, the date that it says <laughs> instead of trying to say what chapter. We have dates and titles. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> On the way to school, the boys stop at the gas station known as the Stop and Steal. They spot the school's truancy officer in his cruiser, where he sat most mornings eating breakfast and flipping through the newspaper. The boys rushed to school, hoping not to not get caught being late again. Of course, they rolled into school, soaking wet from the downpour outside and late for class. The secretary... The secretary... The secretary... <laughs> the secretary called them out as they attempted to sneak past. Saying Link's mom and Emma were going to hear about this. Ethan knew it would take five minutes before they found out. Word traveled fast around Gatlin. Every house had its secrets, but everyone on the street knew them. The boys were given detention. You have something for that one? I was just saying, but there's so many f- secrets. That's the point, though. Like, yeah. like, people talk about how, oh, nothing happens in this town. Oh, everyone knows everything in this town, but they don't. That's kind of the point. Yeah. But also, there are no murder s- stories. To Where's talk about the murder? Where is the murder? It's That's not a small town without murder. <laughs> It is not. We but, always have a devastating crime yeah, like of if, some sort. If they would have just whispered star about like a body coming up, yeah. even like a stranger in town. Yeah. Like not someone they knew necessarily. Or just somebody's like, yeah, that poor person. They, um, yeah. Just like strange happenings. Strange happenings are just like, because if anything of tragedy happens in a small town, you're going to hear about mm-hmm. it. Like anything slightly. So it could be 20 years later and you're going to hear about mm-hmm. it. There are these people whose last name's Wilson, and they murdered a man at least 50 years ago. And to this day, that family is called the Killing Wilsons. <laughs> 
I call them the Killing Wilsons on a regular basis. Oh my goodness. But yeah, we, we need more murder. Yeah, we need more murder. <laughs> Says uh, us of the true in, crime. In this fictional world, we need more murder. Not I just life. feel like, <sighs> I just feel like in a small southern town, it's just yeah. a hat, like it's just what it happened. It would have added like another plot point too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how's this, which I don't know who the murderer would have been in that case. Well, no, it doesn't. Well, who's the villain? Who's the villain? <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. I I'm just saying, like, tragedy, like, there's so much tragedy mm-hmm. that people bring up for gossip. Yeah. And so I feel like that should have been brought out mm-hmm. more. I feel like the closest thing we get to that is Ethan's mom dying in a car accident. Yeah. But nobody's like saying, oh, poor Ethan's mm-hmm. mom, poor Ethan. Yeah. Like, they don't really say that. Like, mm-hmm. you don't even overhear people or saying that. At least that. that he knows of. Knows, knows of. Because it's from his perspective. But just, you know, tragedy in general, they don't talk about it. Which uh, which is normal in a small southern town. Like I know of murders that have happened around here mm-hmm. from before I was born. Yeah. So apparently in Gatlin, the kids were considered smart or stupid in kindergarten, and it just stuck with them for the rest of their lives. So because Ethan's parents were professors, he was always considered smart. Meanwhile, Link was considered stupid because he crumpled up papers from the Good Book and puked during a Christmas pageant. I don't know how those correlate, but I guess his just, intelligence. Yeah, it's just stupid that you're like that okay. kid. He's just dumb as a box of rocks. That's another problem I have with this book. There's no, there's not, not enough. There's not enough. Science. There's not enough similes and metaphors. Yeah, because that is like. Is what, there a single bless your heart? No, no, bless their hearts. <laughs> I swear you bless your heart, and that's not a nice thing either. It's like, oh, no. you if really, your heart gets blessed, that that's basically like screw you. Like it's like you just so dumb. Bless <laughs> your heart. So because of this, just kids kind of being considered early on in their lives, teachers didn't even try. They didn't Mm-mm. do much. They just kind of sat there, glorified babysitters. Yeah. So they gave grades reflecting on age-old judgments. Ethan stopped trying in his schoolwork, even writing random things in the middle of his reports. The same didn't apply for multiple choice answers, however. Why is that mentioned? Because it's mentioned in the book. Like I know, but why is it mentioned? I don't know. Is he not that smart? No. Or does he just get tripped up on multiple choice? No. I understand that. He he just... Um, it, just Okay, so it was on... I think to kill a mockingbird because apparently they have one curriculum in each class and it's the same curriculum throughout the entire school ages. And so he didn't put in to kill a mockingbird. Like he didn't, he messed up on some multiple choice for to mm-hmm. kill a mockingbird. He messed up on that and he didn't get a good grade. He also kind of like tries to play with stuff, like play and see like, yeah, what's going to happen if I do this. I mean, in that situation, I wouldn't have done that. I would have have exactly yeah (laughs) you're like i wonder what i can get away with here because like in second grade you know i was writing my name wrong on purpose to Mm -hmm. see if my teacher would notice my kids do that all the time and i (laughs) do not care (laughs) i know whose paper it is so ethan shares that he loves to read and he marks down cities he wants to travel to from the books that he's read he keeps his book loving a secret because books and basketball don't mix gotta get you get Get your head in the game game. also can we talk about this doesn't have football in it yeah i thought i found that interesting maybe their school doesn't have football we have schools here that don't have football that's what i want i want to know how big this population so that means that it has to be small enough to where because football you have to have like what 
what, eight players, seven players on the field? I have no idea. And I've been to a many football games. I've never counted. Yeah. But in basketball, it's only like five players out. Yes. I know it's five players for basketball mm-hmm. because I was in basketball. Maybe they, they just suck at football. That could be it, too. <laughs> like their basketball team's good. Their football team sucks. Well, if we're going with the race thing. <laughs> Okay. Either way, but they don't have enough players because only the popular kids are white, and so there's only a select amount. Well, I feel like with sports, though, like people of all classes and like races and backgrounds, like if they play, they'll kind of be like glorified as like. That's a what player. I think too. Which we didn't have that issue, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It got real quiet when I said race. I was thinking. I was too. Because, <laughs> I mean, I really don't know. They don't bring it up in the book. So I'm just curious. I just want to know what the population of this town is. <laughs> I don't know. We're then introduced to the mean girl of this book, affectionately known as Ethan Hating Emily. Emily Asher, Ethan's ex-girlfriend who who dumped him after he wore Chuck Taylors to prom and his dad, old Volvo, messed up her hair because the window didn't roll up while they were driving, while he was, his dad was driving them to prom. His friends teased him about their breakup but Ethan never felt hurt because he didn't actually harbor any feelings toward Emily and then him referring to Emily maybe a girl like that was the real dream but a dream was still better than a nightmare even if the nightmare was wearing a cheerleading skirt I gotta say I love a mean girl I don't like Emily Mm -mm. she's mean. She has no purpose other than to be mean. No. Basically, yeah. Apparently in this town, there was only one history class, and it focused on the war of northern aggression. You ready? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I... Yeah, basically they're like, we only have one history class. It's U.S. history and it's taught all the years. And I'm like, what? Also, (laughs) the only thing they talk about is the Civil War. But also, I am from the South. And I'm sorry if this is not the same for other people, for other areas. We do not call it the War of Northern Aggression. We do not call it the War Between the States. I think that's the intent with thinking all Southern people call it this by them writing that. I don't think so either. I just find it strange. We call it the Civil War like everybody yeah, else does. I just, just want to point it out. It's putting off that this the people in this town are so small-minded mm-hmm. that they would call this horrific war the War of Northern Aggression because the North was so aggressive. <laughs> To us. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. We didn't do anything bad in the South. We well, never. I say we, not we. But yeah. We My ancestors never. were not here, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spout that. <laughs> Fine. Just call me out. It's whatever. <laughs> you weren't there. I wasn't there, but my ancestor was a general. <laughs> anyway. I'm very confused on my family history, so I cannot offer any input. <laughs> like, I'm here. <laughs> There's a bust of my uh, ancestor and actress. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So I'm one of those people. I don't think we should be disregarding history. Like mm-hmm. we should study it. We should understand it. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't necessarily glorify it Mm-mm. in the sense of things. Whoever wins the war gets to interpret it however they want to. Yeah, you always see it from the winner side you always say it from the winter side so there are some things that i kind of disagree with but for the most part it's true you know that the south was bad <laughs> the north should have won i'm very glad they did win this would be a much different place that we grew up in <laughs> very different place um i think eventually i feel like there could have been another war after that yeah <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't a long time before the South healed from it. Mm-hmm. And even still to this day, there's some places that didn't heal from it well. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's the South's fault of why we lost. <laughs> 
I won't get into it here because nobody cares, but it's just the only people I've ever heard call it the War of Northern Aggression are Northerners. I've never heard anybody call it that. What kind of Northern... I haven't either. What kind of Northerners? Your sister's friend's dad. Mm, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He calls it the War of Northern Aggression. So the teacher in this class despised Ethan for the first time he had taken the class and he had titled his paper paper the war of southern aggression (laughs) accuracy Uh, ethan was just shocked that evidently some teachers do read the essays (laughs) he's like wow okay i just think it's funny i just like how ethan went against the grain is like i'm gonna title imagine him at his computer being like war of southern aggression (laughs) i don't know i'm kind of in between on things because do i think that the south and the north got into an argument over slavery or anything no it was about money and to them the south the southern people thought thought of slaves as assets or you know stuff yeah so it's not right it will never be right it will never be okay of what happened i can't deal with the war of northern aggression i just i've never heard people say i've never never heard heard anybody say it's very like fictionalized and like being called that or southerners yeah no plenty of southerners and northerners and out of countryers who believe they have an opinion on what happens here yeah (laughs) definitely that think that way but i have heard in my lifetime the south will rise again but that's mainly jokingly (laughs) um i'm sure i've heard it in seriousness so and i was like okay Good luck with that. No, <laughs> Have no luck fun. at all. No. Go to hell. No. Uh, <laughs> like. <laughs> I think it's only been jokingly and it's only been by like my brother and my friend who's black because they have this thing. They're like, yeah, the South will rise again. What the hell are y'all doing? When it comes to a lot of things that like that, that Mm -hmm. have some serious context, I don't like jokes about them. I don't. That's just how I am. Yeah. It's not funny, but you laugh uncomfortably. (laughs) You were very good at doing that, <laughs> all three of us. <laughs> I disagree with people all the time inwardly. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're a f-ing idiot. <laughs> like, My brother, yes. <laughs> like, like, there's no point in arguing with some things, too, even though they are very wrong. Because, like, you know that person either has does, doesn't have ill intent or, like, no matter what you say, it's mm-hmm. not going to, like, change their mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with, like, arguing with old people. I'm like, they're going to die eventually, or pretty soon anyway, so I don't know why I'm going to try and change their mind. It's (laughs) fine. It's strange being a Southerner with that kind of history. I don't hold it as part of my identity, which, you know, part of my family is not from around here. I don't hold it. I don't hold it as a part of my history, mainly because... My great-grandmother was like, we were too poor to even think about something like that. Like, it was only like 9% of the population Mm -hmm. in the South. But, you know. I didn't even know until my grandmother died that she was what was from Kentucky. So, like, (laughs) my Missouri, um, like, she she wasn't even from, like, this specific area. So, I'm like. (laughs) My great-grandmother told my dad, she was like, we were so poor that we worked with the slaves mm-hmm. is i can't remember what the term i is. think you know no matter where you come from just like if you are going to judge someone from where they come from especially if they come from the south like understand first off this stuff happened 100 however 150 years ago years ago like 
ever that 60 years ago 160 yeah almost so none of us were there no and also you don't know that person's background Mm -hmm. like i said like my ancestors weren't even over here peyton said hers were like working with the slaves anyway so like Mm -hmm. they that was a different situation Mm -hmm. and even like if people's ancestors did you know fight on the wrong side or whatever like that is in the past yeah. if you're willing to like be in the present mm-hmm. well also like like they acknowledge the history for what it is mm-hmm. like even in the mention in the the book later like some of them were maybe forced in less and they don't follow yeah. those ideals yeah. like yeah and even if they did like it was kind of a sign of the times like mm-hmm. it was different situations you can't judge somebody based on where they come from uh-uh. and that's what i'm trying to get at i'm mm-hmm. not making a very good point mm-hmm. of it but that's what i'm trying to get at is you we're, can't we're not eloquent speakers <laughs> yeah so i may say it a bit crassly but that's what yeah. i mean i mean there's one thing about glorifying Mm-hmm. horrible things and saying like yeah like my ancestors you know even if your ancestor did fight in it and you acknowledge that they were your ancestor mm-hmm. and kind of any sort of positive impact they may or may not have had mm-hmm. as long as you're not like they did this yeah. and this and this and you're like rooting for the wrong side yeah. in a way because I've known people like that and I'm mm-hmm. like get your head out of your ass and realize that mm-hmm. that's no yeah. well see my ancestor was a general and I'm proud of of how his battle strategy Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like I'm proud that because he was a forceful person, I guess is the best way to say it. Like he, his battle strategy, his was, intelligence for yes for military strategies, yes. And so I'm proud of that. But do I wish they would have won? No, <laughs> not at all. But these people in this, I, I just don't like that at all. And I don't like. I get why they wrote it that way, but I don't like it. It's everything, you know really emphasized because it's fictional yeah i I feel feel like it's almost overly emphasized like there's a reason because if it was more realistic in the sense that like we really related to it like what we grew up with which was a little bit different it wasn't a big deal like there were some people who thought of it certain ways and you're like okay but i mean like the teachers didn't teach it like we're proud that Mm -hmm. we you know come from the confederate side and it was never like that it was very it was like here here it is moving on (laughs) yeah that was what they usually did um when they disagreed with stuff too (laughs) <laughs> they're like i have to teach you this so here we go mm-hmm. like evolution and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah that we never got a teaching on evolution <laughs> never we didn't get like sex ad either so you know <laughs> that either like that's the real southern <laughs> yeah education system you, you just like glance over evolution because it's in the textbook evolution and, and <laughs> evolution big bang theory and sex those were not things that you I've heard of, I don't think I had the teacher, but I've heard of a teacher like at our high school at one point whenever she was going over evolution being like, I have to teach y'all about this, but I don't believe in this. So we're not going to like go too far into it. But I feel like I wish they'd have done a better job because they say it like they don't explain what a theory is well enough Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Oh, no, no. And that's what those are theories, Mm -hmm. except for sex ed. They should have taught (laughs) sex ed. Um. It's not a theory. That's a fact. (laughs) I I mean, I know enough at this point, but I'm still realizing things and I'm like, oh, (laughs) 
There's a lot of people that don't, and it's like, oh, jeez. But yeah, that's the true. That's the true Southern way of yeah, teaching. Our education system. <laughs> you don't talk about the Big Bang Theory. You don't talk about evolution. The big bang either. The big, and you don't talk about the Bang in general. No condoms. Just don't do it. Abstinence. We're not giving you condoms. You tell a teenager not to do something. They're, they're gonna, gonna do it. it. At least give them the tools to be safe. We're not gonna I'm get very into that. Pro sex education i am too because we have as the, someone who does not participate in those activities i'm very pro <laughs> we're sex the education. highest we're the highest teen pregnancy <laughs> rating in the exactly. country yeah and i know because i have and to teach, stds i have to teach or be around kids and the lowest in education kids are was a result of teen pregnancy and their parents are trying but i'm like man if only like they were given any sort of tool even like if it wasn't prevention like tools to help them out later on yeah like, yeah we have the highest ranking in like teen pregnancy and stds wonder why <laughs> Anyway, where'd that come from? Lore. No, it's okay. You can cut out half of the shit I said about no, the Civil that, War. That all had to stem around our educational backgrounds of being in the South. No, I thought it was dumb when we were going through it. I was like, hmm. Back to Ethan being in their U.S. history class. <laughs> that is only U.S. history taught and only talks about the Civil War at their school. <laughs> These worldly children. <laughs> so Ethan took his seat next to Link, who leaned over to ask if he had heard the news. Apparently, there's a new girl in Gatlin, a very rare occurrence. Link said the only thing he knew about her was that she played the violin. The two were swiftly interrupted by Mr. Lee, bringing their attention back to the class. I love how the history teacher's name Mr. Lee, though. Mr. Lee is the history teacher or English teachers, Mrs. English. They really did not try with these teachers. That's what happens when you write a novel as a joke. (laughs) As a bet. As a bet, yes. With a (laughs) seven-year-old. The seven-year-old was not involved in the novel writing. She just agreed that it was a good idea. After class, the boys hang around the hall waiting to catch the sight of the new girl. Link went on and on about her like she was his future soulmate or something. That part killed me. Um, it's like blah, 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 blah is all he's been hearing. But the rumor mill hadn't quite caught interest in the new girl yet. It after, wasn't churning in. After ASL class where no one talking no talking was allowed they headed to lunch why is ASL the the thing that they choose as a language class like American sign language yes because they're not worldly why do they need other languages <laughs> yeah there might be a deaf person in Gatlin but there sure ain't any Hispanics yep or I'm surprised they're not learning like Latin or something I would not put it past them to learn that instead or Gaelic that would probably be more up their alley. Right, they have a language class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just love how they can't yeah. talk at all in class. And they're like, we can't sign well enough to actually. <laughs> like, we don't know how to say. We don't know new how girl. to say. We can't even sign the letters, new girl. How can we? I learned my alphabet and sign language and I was six years old. Yeah. Same. My grandmother is a licensed interpreter. <laughs> so I know a lot of ASL. That is a language I would love to actually learn. I do in my work. I do mainly baby language. Yeah. It's, I think it's very important, mm-hmm. especially like with young kids. It oh, yeah. helps a lot. I, I That would be something I would definitely teach like my kids when they were babies. Yeah. Because it's they can't talk. Yeah. So they need a way to communicate. My favorite is the more 
Yeah, like when they sound more. They always sound more when they're hungry. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's this uh, account on TikTok that has videos of a man who's deaf who has a a really young daughter, like a toddler age daughter, who can hear, but he can't. So he like she like signs to him as a toddler, like Mm -hmm. things that are going on. Yeah, they're cute. Yeah. (laughs) When I first got on TikTok, my TikTok was solely deaf TikTok. I don't know how it happened. But it was solely deaf TikTok and I was here for it because I really like, (laughs) you know, like I said, I grew up around it. My grandmother is Mm -hmm. an ASL interpreter. They headed to lunch. Ethan sat with his basketball buddies who were discussing the new girl, particularly if she was hot. One of the boys thought so when Savannah, the it girl of the school, told them she didn't fit the norm of town. She described the new girl as pale, weirdly dressed, and most importantly, the town's weirdo's niece. Three strikes and you're out, according yep. to Ethan. I love how um I think it was described earlier whenever he was talking about Savannah and Emily, and he was like, they're both cheerleaders. Savannah's the base because like nothing can happen to her because she's like the it girl. And then Emily, they just throw her up in the the air because they're like (laughs) the new girl's uncle macon ravenwood happened to be the town shut-in ethan typically compared him to boo radley ethan had never laid eyes on old man ravenwood once in his life macon lived in the oldest and most infamous plantation in all of gatlin new girl became a heavy conversation topic for the rest of the day ethan headed to basketball practice where he's able to easily shoot no matter where his mind was at like it was instinct basketball just came naturally to him but as he shoots his eyes drift over to find a familiar black car the hearse being driven by a girl with dark hair he froze feeling the girl's eyes on him before she pulled away his buddy told him that was indeed old man ravenwood's niece rain immediately picked back up breaking into the heaviest downpour they'd seen all day that the bad omen wasn't just a hearse it was a girl ethan realized that he'd somehow been riding on a strange hope on a girl he didn't know he had just heard about that maybe things would change around here in this town for him that maybe he'd find a new friend who got him but he let that feeling go thinking but all i had was a good day on the court and that had never been enough ethan is just stuck in this monotonous life and you know you hear about this new girl and you're like oh like, not even meeting her, just being like, oh, shiny new thing. But, like, in a way that he's not even, like, attracted to. He's, like, the idea of her. Friends. Really, yet. He's just, like, oh, someone who might be, like, me might be kind of, like, outcast in a way because that's how he feels. Mm-hmm. No, I found that interesting. Okay, so the stuff about him being a really good basketball player and there was stuff about him like just always knowing where the other players were on the court and what they were thinking. I was like, is this? I think it's some foreshadowing about later stuff in the series, even though I can't remember a lot. He's got some stuff going on for him later on in the series, I know. And I feel like mm-hmm. that is some foreshadowing put early on in this first book. So I like made note of it. I didn't because I didn't know that. When you said that you, I don't know if it was an interview that you read, that they wrote it in 12 weeks. Was that just the first book? Yes. Okay. Obviously. Well, I mean, I don't know if they had like a basic (laughs) outline for like other stuff that happens after because if this was input like early on. I mean, they probably went back in and added that stuff. Yeah. Because usually um, whenever you sell like a book, especially whenever you know it's going to be a series, you're expected to like have an outline for the rest of the series. 
memories. So knowing like future stuff, you go back into that first book and kind of just sprinkle in your foreshadowing. So it is still September 2nd, and this chapter is called A Hole in the Sky. Ethan came home to a cold supper because Emma was mad about him being late for class. You know, if your supper's cold, you're in trouble. Yep. In her Emma way of spelling it out to him, she explained that he'll be grounded the next time he is late for class. So not this time, but the next time. I wonder how many chances he gets. Three. Like, for anything. Three? There's tractor out. So while talking to Emma, Ethan brought up the new girl at school. Emma immediately claimed she knew all about Lena Duquesne. He asked Emma, hey, is that that girl's name? Obviously, she just said it. Man, like, also, are they not saying her name around school? Nope. They don't know her name. They... They do eventually, but Ethan hasn't heard them say it. Mm, the rumor mill is still... It's still a circling. So, Emma served a weird-ass answer. You shouldn't be messing with things you don't know about Ethan White. She's always very ominous in what she says. And, yes. like, kind of, like, raising the eyebrow. I feel like if you don't want someone asking questions, maybe don't give answers like that. Yeah. Once again, you tell a kid they can't do something, they're going to do it. Yeah, that's on her. <laughs> Ethan stated that Emma always talks in riddles, but this was normal because she had made herself known in the area as a tarot card reader. Mm-hmm. Curious. Ethan inquired if Emma knew anything else about the Gatlin newcomer. Emma responded, you better watch yourself. One day you're going to pick hole in the sky and the universe is going to fall right through. Then we'll be in a fix. I feel like this is foreshadowing too, but I can't remember things. This is probably the most Southern kind of saying that we've had this whole time. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Hole in the sky. They're like, ooh, that one. Then we are finally introduced to Ethan dad who walked into the room wearing his pajamas. He poked his nose into the conversation, wondering what Emma was mad about this time. Ethan explained how he was late to school this morning, which prompted Ethan's dad to think back to his youth being raised by Emma and facing that same old wrath. The two attempted to bomb for a few minutes before his dad ran back to his study. Ethan considered his dad's ways, thinking that maybe Reagan... It's, a- <laughs> it's, a hard- it's hard to read out loud. <laughs> that maybe Megan Ravenwood was in the only town shut in. He didn't think this town was big enough for two Boo Radleys. I think it is so sad, like, Ethan's dad just kind of not being a part of his son's life. His kid already lost his mom. Yeah. At the same time, lost his dad. Yeah, he basically lost both of his parents at once. so sad. But also, this really brings up the how old brings up the question of how old is Emma because if he, she was around when his dad was she young, she is a mortal. <laughs> she is never. <mind. laughs> I I don't know, and I don't know if it's part of the story because I don't remember anything. Sitting in the kitchen, Ethan remembered the only time he had ever gone into his father's study, and he was seven years old. He found his dad's revised manuscript, and although he knew his dad wrote Southern Gothic horror novels, did he know that at seven years old? Maybe. This is Gothic horror. He probably heard them say that. Even though he knew his dad wrote Gothic horror novels, Ethan wanted to know what his dad was writing all about. That's how his father found him, surrounded by scattered papers of that manuscript. After his dad bound him and reprimanded him. His mom told him that some things are private, even for adults. Ethan reflected, I just wanted to know. It had always been the problem. Even now, 
I wanted to know why my dad never came out of his study. I wanted to know why we couldn't leave this worthless old house just because a million weights had lived here before us, especially now that my mom was gone. But tonight, he let that go. He focused on the memories of the normalcy between him and his dad when they ate together and joked around. So, like, he's always like, I don't know why we can't just leave this town. Like, I don't know why my dad feels like we have to stay here for forever. I feel like it's a destiny fate thing of their families <laughs> continuously staying mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Well, like me them, pretending like I know them in the being future. there long enough for the two two of them, Lena and Ethan, to meet. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> At school the next day, word of Lena Duquesne's arrival had spread like wildfire. Ethan acknowledged that Gatlin loved a story. The biggest one to hit before Lena was his mom's accident. Now they had Lena to talk about. He shouldn't have been surprised how fast the word spread. Ethan and Link chatted with the cheerleaders who were talking about the freshmen. Uh, the way... This is the second time this has happened in this book, but the way that these upperclassmen talk about these 14-year-olds, <laughs> I always think that's gross. And everything I watch where they're like, oh, the incoming freshman, fresh me. And they're referring to people who were just in middle school. I'm like, oh my gosh. I thought they were talking about 10th. I thought they're in 10th grade. They though. are in 10th grade. I don't care. It's gross. You should not be dating that young anyway. That's my personal opinion. I was like, I think there's only like a year age difference. But still, they're like, oh, look at that ass. Like, yeah, they, basically. They talk, they talk a big game. Uh-huh. They're also babies, so. And wimps. But that's it. <laughs> yeah. But I've read stuff, or like more so on TV shows, where it's like the seniors being like, oh, let's check out the freshman class. I'm like, you're literally almost 18. Yeah. And they're literally barely 14. And I know four years is not that big when you're like in your 20s. 20s. But and when above, you're younger. And above mm, 20s, it can be kind of sketchy. But like when you're older, it's not that big of a deal. But the difference between 14 and 18 is drastic. I was involved with a 18-year-old when I was 14. So you know. Yeah. I think the problem was the person and not the actual age difference. But that's beside the point. However, Ethan didn't really give much input on the conversation. His thoughts drifted elsewhere. Then he finally spotted Lena Duquesne for the first time. He considered her stunning, but definitely didn't fit the Gatlin norm. She had a necklace with a bunch of strange little things on it. Black ink all over her hands where she had written on them. Lena had the greenest eyes he had ever seen on a person before. He couldn't take his eyes off of her. Her mannerisms were shy, overall demeanor unreachable. All the boys wanted her, but the leader of the pack said she was a freak and therefore not a possibility. She's a freak. You can't have her. And I will say when reading this, I immediately thought of Luna Lovegood from the Harry Potter series when the way they were describing her. Okay. Because of like, she would wear, you know, Luna had like the radish earrings mm-hmm. and she'd wear like jewelry. That's yeah. kind of the way it's described here. That's why I thought of her. I just, you know, Luna's very like cute and quirky, yeah. I feel. And Lena's like mm, mysterious, but also, oh. Not personality wise, but the way they're describing her I guess, yeah. makes me think of Luna. Much to Ethan's surprise, Lena showed up in his English class saying she'd been transferred there after some schedule mishaps. Mrs. English, the teacher, handed her a copy of their current read, To Kill a Mockingbird. Lena pulled out her own beat up copy saying, it's one of my favorite books. Ethan stayed in the doorway, awestruck at the new girl's appearance. Uh, can we talk about the fact that it wasn't kill? Yes. The, I typed the wrong word. The, mi- the mistyped word made their current read to kiss a mockingbird instead. That's a completely different story. <laughs> to kiss a mockingbird. <laughs> to kiss a mockingbird. As Caitlin said, there's not enough murder. <laughs> I don't think I said that. You did initially until no, you... No, I didn't. You said Peyton, I don't write murder. 
Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's funny either way. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's enough murder. I haven't read it. I have. Inspired to either. It's a good book. I'm sure it is, but I don't. I don't want to read it. It's a good book. That's okay. <laughs> you know that Harper Lee was a saint, and they should have never published the other novel. I'm mad about that. But besides that. Let's go back to this novel. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to come up again. Don't worry. <laughs> Let's go back to where we were. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lena did the unthinkable and took a seat in the line of fire, the front row, aka no man's land, where no one sat because the teacher had a bad eye and could only see so far. Therefore, front row students were always called on to answer questions. Okay, Emily, being the hospitable person she is, immediately targeted Lena, kicking Lena's bag so stuff fell out all across the floor. Emily teased Lena, picking up her notebook and flipping through it. Lena protested as Emily kept saying how great it would be to read her musings. Like a knight in shining armor, Ethan stepped in, snatching the notebook from Emily and telling her she'd need to learn how to read first. He handed the notebook back to Lena. As Miss English called the class back to order, Ethan sat down with Lena in No Man's Land. After class, Ethan turned around to say something to Lena, but she was quickly gathering up her stuff. As he watched her, he noticed the writing on her hand again. Except it wasn't song lyrics, an motivational word like he thought. It was a number, 156. Lena Duquesne didn't share another word with Ethan the rest of the week. However, he couldn't get her off his mind. Not because she was pretty or smart. She was obviously worlds different from the rest of the girls in Gatlin. He realized, though, after watching her, that he was just like everyone else, no matter how much he wanted to pretend he wasn't. During his ceramics class, Ethan heard what... What? Just that there's a ceramics class. (laughs) They have an odd range of classes at this school. I mean, regular schools have these things. I know, but they're small town. These are just the things they choose to have. (laughs) During his ceramics class, Ethan heard what he thought was the viola playing a beautifully sad song. No one reacts to the sound. However, Ethan recognizes the melody only a few notes in. The same song he heard on his iPod, only this time the lyrics had changed. 16 moons, 16 years. Sound of thunder in your ears. 16 miles before she nears, 16 seeks what 16 fears. As he's spinning the clay and hearing the haunting melody, Ethan's vision went hazy. He began losing sight of his surroundings, reaching out for the clay. Suddenly, he was falling, just like in the dream. He reached for the girl's hand, digging his fingers into her wrist desperately. But, just like before, he lost his grip. Ethan's teacher pulled him from this trance. On the clay in front of him sat a small handprint, a girl's. When the bell rang, Ethan ran to the band hall to see who was playing. He could smell lemons and rosemary like in his dream. He asked the band director who was playing this song. She said a marvelous viola musician joined the band. In a panic, Ethan ran before he heard the name, her. During eighth period, when Ethan was supposed to be in basketball practice, he asked Link for the keys to his car. I had to get out of there. I was having the dreams, hearing the song, and now blacking out in the middle of class. If that's even what you'd call it. I didn't know what was going on with me, but I knew it was bad. If my mom was still alive, I probably would have told her everything. She was like that. I could tell her anything, but she was gone. My dad was holed up in his study all by the, all the time, and Alma would be sprinkling salt all over my room for a month if I told her. I was on my own. Link held out his keys. Coach is going to kill you. I know. And Alma's going to find out. I no, and she's going to kick your butt all the way to the county line. His hand wavered as I grabbed the keys. Don't be stupid. I turned and bolted. Too late. Where's it going? I was also another good Southern saying, going to kick your butt all the way to the county line. I'm going to kick your butt all the way to the county line. Okay, before we wrap up this episode, 
We got some qualms, I believe. I do. And that is... We have all the qualms. We wanted to talk about sort of cliches about the South or what other people not from the South, I guess, think about the South. So, what y'all got? Especially, there's some in this book where we're like, I don't know about that one. (laughs) There's a lot more uses of similes and metaphors and wives' tales. Always, there's always a story. And I feel like Southerners definitely... I have a great one that my grandmother used to say all the time. What? After we'd, which is really funny because she wasn't raised in the South really a whole lot. Like after we'd have like a big dinner or whatever. And so to say that she's full, she'd always go, I'm full as a tick. Full as a tick. Yeah, they say stuff like that all the time. My long distance relatives would come down and they'd listen to my papa talk and they would just write down his sayings because they were (laughs) funny. Yeah. And the thing about like whenever a southerner or someone who uses these sayings, like they just roll out. Like they don't think about what they're saying. It's as natural as saying anything else. Yeah. It's kind of like just filler. It's to, we, I feel like in the South, we do have more descriptive language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And like, whenever they say it, you usually understand, like, I'm as full as a tick. Like, you think about a tick that's been sucking a bunch of blood and you're like, oh, that's pretty full. Or it's just really off the wall and you're just thinking about it for yeah. days later and you're like, what does that mean? Like, one of my papas, you're smiling like a possum eating sour grapes. <laughs> But you're like, okay, no one to picture that. Your family wrote this down. What does that mean? (laughs) I don't know. It's like a eating grin, but that's beside the point. We were talking about just regular similes this past week at school. Like, I was teaching them about them and just like them trying to understand like the concept of like this actually means something. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think about those that hard because like as cold as ice or as light as a feather, mm-hmm. like you understand what that means. But some of these you're like, wait, what? Colder than a well digger's ice in Idaho. <laughs> that's one. <laughs> oh, no. What's another one that's like that? But it's, uh, it's colder than a witch's tit. Yeah, that one. That's <laughs> the one I was thinking of. <laughs> Sweating like a whore in church. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking of. You're like, oh. Ah. <laughs> you just like take a minute to get it and some of them are like really crude and everything like that one and you're like whoa <laughs> like you don't like a lot of times whenever older people say these they don't say a bunch of things that are like horrible like maybe they don't curse or something but they mm-hmm. say something like that and you're like whoa another thing is like my great grandmother would always she would never say mm-hmm. but she, she'd say shh shh like she might as well just say it (laughs) very strange i mean that's just how they are Mm -hmm. we say dad gum Mm -hmm. instead of the alternative yeah that's another one well that that's yeah our vernaculars yeah that's another thing that got me made fun of my favorite (laughs) that people get so confused about is i'm fixing to do this that's what i was about to say that's the one i got made fun of for in dc in my internship was because i said like because that's trying to say i'm about to do something so i said i'm fixing to and all the one of the other interns there started laughing because i said i'm fixing to what i be like you want to hear me say i'm going to do this like i'm fixing to means something complete completely different like Mm -hmm. it's a different time limit 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's quicker or later, but it's something. <laughs> it's something. You know that, like, especially with the attitude, like, oh, I'm fixing to do that. Jeez. Like, you know, it means something else. Um, I think I've mentioned this one before, but this was the one on the Office Ladies podcast I was listening to where they're like, chunk it over there versus oh, yeah. chuck it over there. It's supposed to be chuck it over there, but we say chunk it over there. You know, it's been a long time. It, like, it took me a minute to do, to figure it out, but Chester drawers. Yeah. <laughs> like that one still I Google Chester drawers. Like you're going to buy furniture and you need a chest of drawers. Yeah. It's hard to realize that in actuality mm-hmm. it's chest of drawers. My favorite from whenever I was little is that we would call any co- sort of soda or carbonated drink a Coke. I grew oh, up yeah. calling mm-hmm. it a Coke. Not realizing I knew like Coke, Coca-Cola was a thing. Everything was a Coke. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't drink soda of any kind. I still don't. And I didn't whenever I was little. But I would be like, no, I don't drink Coke. Mm-hmm. would be like, oh, do you drink Sprite? And I'm like, I don't drink Coke. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't drink any of them. I don't know if y'all were like that, but like anything no, like I was that was thinking, a Coke. I was thinking about it when you said that. And I was like, we only had one soft drink ever in my house. Mm-hmm. And it was Pepsi. So like. <laughs> well, I was always, I think I always said soda, but I don't think that was, I think like around age eight or so, I was like, oh, so I'm, I'm supposed to say soda. So I'll say soda. Yeah. That's not a. I think it was a little bit later for me. Oh, there are a few like that. Just like words that we say for southern, for things that are very Southern. So apparently you got to remember my grandparents on my mom's side are a lot older i think i mentioned it earlier her my grandma's mom was named dora dean and they called her dorothy i could see that happening and and there was she was talking about this guy named otto but she calls him otto 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 yeah and like it's just stuff like that like the older generation says things very Mm -hmm. strangely to me sometimes they they add extra words or sounds that shouldn't be there i love it horror is not emergency (laughs) we'll get to that horror is not horror it's horror 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 that's a horror i also love just like names in the south how you know people name their kids like a lot of family names because like history and family is so Mm -hmm. important south yes and all these girls and boys got the double names going on oh yeah it doesn't even have to be like their first name middle name they go by we talk about full naming mm-hmm. in one of the last episodes or the last episode but some of these kids just go by it. like mm-hmm. you know how many like something kate's I've seen it around yeah. or my papa was ahead of his time because he wanted to name my mom Ellicate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's like cute. a popular one now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, when I have a kid, I want to name her Caber Grace because I think that's I don't know. I just always like that. All all three of my first <laughs> names are from women in my family. So, yeah, yeah. I could have been named Gertrude. Thank God for I not being. Well, Gertie. <laughs> Oh, we would have made fun of you so Oh, hard. I know you would have. Gertie or Trady. And I think my mom stalked my dad from that for that very reason. Well, it's better than my mom. Do you know what my mom wanted to name me? <laughs> Jocelyn or Anessa. Not Vanessa, Anessa. How is Jossie? that worse than Gertrude? <laughs> It's not. It's just they don't fit me. You said it's better than mine, <laughs> Jocelyn or Anessa. No, it's not. It's not better, and I apologize. You could go by Gert. 
Mine would have been Jessica. Yeah, well, then I would have got called Gert Dirt. It's okay. I was As Peyton Satan. As opposed to back in time. Yeah. <laughs> I was Peyton Satan because they will always, kids will always find a way to rhyme a name. I don't think something. I had a weird one unless y'all call me something behind my back. Nope. No. <laughs> Only beautiful angel woman. <laughs> bitch <laughs> <laughs> that was it that was the one um that was it <laughs> in the southern culture like giving nicknames is like easy we haven't really given each other nicknames. not like that but i mean like the older people they will oh, give yeah. you nicknames like mine was patty beth on one side of the family my aunt g- gave me a nickname kind of well i take that back my aunt and my uncle gave me nicknames only one of them actually has to do with my name <laughs> i mean we had them like in my house growing up or my sister still calls me sissy yeah my uncle called me knucklehead okay no. that was my nickname well, every kid's a knucklehead <laughs> yeah i was the only one though <laughs> i'm sorry we were all knuckleheads in my household in this one there's shockingly no rednecks no rednecks in gatlin no rednecks in gatlin and i feel like in everything there's rednecks i feel like the, well yeah there is but i feel like the way this town's described it's not deep southern enough <laughs> there's like rednecks all around southern. it doesn't even have to be in the south oh no <laughs> no 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 um we definitely got the rednecks around here you'll mm-hmm. see them in the trucks with the lift <laughs> kits and the tires that are far <laughs> too big because they really like wasting gas and uh, they the flags yeah, they wave oh, flags, yes. and it's all basically of all of them. It's basically <laughs> well, not all of them. <laughs> it's basically a um neon sign that says I'm "I have a redneck." A, no, I have a small dick. That too. <laughs> um. Oh, and they uh, make the engine sound louder. That also that happened to me on my way to school, and then the truck turned into the school. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was someone dropping someone off. I don't think it was a fellow um, employee. If it was, I got some questions for them yeah number one how dare you (laughs) (laughs) number two also how dare you (laughs) because they like blew like black exhaust in front of me while i was driving and i was like it's already 7 a.m we got on a friday are we gonna do Mm -hmm. this i'll fight you it's terrible it makes me think of a another one instead of calm down calm your tits (laughs) is that just a southern thing just southern i was about to say i feel like it's probably used more here though one thing so my cousin went to california moved to california and he come back and he brought his girlfriend who is strictly californian and we went to a breakfast place because you know us southerners in our breakfast yes it's very surrey stuff that's another thing i'm not like that but mm -hmm. it was more cajun oriented so like she was asking questions and i would sit there and explain to her like what the food was a thing that i've never really paid attention to but i guess it's you know common is plate dinners it's like where they have it's like a special but that's Mm -hmm. all they serve so it's like your meat oh okay your meat and then your baking greased i don't know if i just never got out much or i just don't eat isn't like huddle house (laughs) and whatever like that kind of but not really yeah they were discussing it and i was like i really don't know what you're talking about but okay they're a little bit more west of us so maybe Mm -hmm. cornbread is very important if you make jiffy mix cornbread i hate you we don't do that Yay or nay on on sweet cornbread? Not my fave. No, 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 no. Okay, usually no. I agree. Um, Salty ass cornbread. Yeah, yeah. And if it's cakey, you gotta throw that out and start again. I want it to make an absolute mess. Crumble, crumble everywhere. 
What else is very southern? That was a, yeah, well, that was a very southern thing. Very, we make you, cornbread and stick it in our milk. Mm, yeah. I don't do that, but I, I do know people I've that do that. I've never heard of that. Oh, no. That, yeah, that's, my mom, mom did that, so I did that when I was younger. It, it's an old-fashioned thing. Just a different kind thing. of southern. I don't know. Barley. Um, <laughs> Barley southern. Barley southern. I, as a kid, we would, but like I said, my mom's family's older generation. My favorite time of the year was the end of summer because we had all shut corn together. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we my, did that. When my grandparents had a, a garden like years ago, mm-hmm. they whatever we had, we'd pick. Well, I don't think I was always there for the picking necessarily, but like if there were green beans or whatever, you know, we'd snap. We'd snap the green beans. Yeah, we'd snap and those. Shut corn. Yeah. Okay, sweet corn or field corn? Y'all don't know the difference? I don't think so. I don't eat corn. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin's a weirdo. <laughs> um, field corn is not sweet at all. And you put it, we made cream corn. Like when we shucked mm-hmm. it, we would cream it. We'd cut and cream and we would do like the salt and pepper. Oh, it's so good. I think we usually just kept corn on the cob. I think that's all we ever, however we ate it. Mm-hmm. We occasionally had cream corn, but I didn't like it creamed. Mm-hmm. But I've, most people else in my family would eat it like that, but not me. The preserving thing oh, yeah. is like huge. Yeah. Thing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You preserve every kind of fruit you possibly <laughs> <Yes>. can. <laughs> yeah. I wonder like when that Canning. started. Because it's almost like Canning the initial vegetables. need to preserve yeah. all these things. It is. So is it like wartime type stuff or does go even further back than that it's because we still stick to the roots of being Mm self-reliant whereas most people were industrializing i feel like in our area Uh we were still poor and you had to grow your own crops Mm -hmm. yeah even thinking like winter time like crops are over Mm -hmm. you need something to eat i guess yeah and a lot of things i've noticed with the older generation is they still remember the great depression too Mm -hmm. and that was a really hard time because of all the inability to grow crops. Mm. I have an aunt, great aunt, who's about to turn 90 when, or has turned 90 when this podcast comes out, and she will not throw food away. I don't care if it's been in that freezer or that fridge for 20 years, she doesn't throw it away. So it's just interesting. We, I feel like in the South, we hold our history. We hold it onto it, like, to our dying grasp, like, it's just instilled in us. I guess, like, personally, just not knowing enough about, like, my background, mm-hmm. where I'm not like that, just mm-hmm. in those aspects of my life, where I'm just like, okay, next thing. If- yeah, like, I can't really tell you what, like, what distinctly is Southern and not Southern, because mm-hmm. I haven't been outside of the South, really. Well, like I said earlier, like, I would know some of this, like, if my great-grandmother and my grandmother didn't live right near us when I was growing up. Like, yeah. if mm-hmm. our little family wasn't all right next to each other basically i wouldn't have gotten some of these experiences so but i also feel like that is more why we are so everybody's doing hunting season and stuff because Mm -hmm. it goes back to that of oh well we need to eat so we need to go hunt see i i just i'm not an outdoorsy sport kind of person so like even though i'd go because it's like time with my family i didn't like doing it Mm -hmm. so like when we have like a little lake near my house so like and there's a little pier for us to fish off of so a lot of times I'd take stuff to play with while my parents are fishing yeah I feel like that's another really southern thing like being outdoorsy and like a lot of people go camping around here Mm -hmm, I do go hunting of course 
I don't do that. I mean, I don't do either of those things. Yeah. I feel like in the South, you're more in tune with nature. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just like an age old thing. And like, we just naturally, that's how it is around here. And, and if just, you come from somewhere else and you start experiencing that stuff around here, like you kind of adapt to it. Yeah. And we just don't have other to do. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. Um, another thing is the yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. <sighs> yep. Early, they definitely find that weird. They find that an insult, like up. Mm-hmm north if you do that and see i don't get that like i don't get why you would be insulted by that because for some reason they assume that's an age-related thing and i know for some women that if you say like yes ma'am to them that Mm -hmm. they think that you're considering them to be an older person and they bitch (laughs) yeah yeah really and so that's why they don't like it yeah but what are you like i i guess i'm just too southern say yes yeah i had one kid come up to me and go yeah what i was like don't what me like (laughs) Like, how dare yeah. you? Because it's not, it wasn't that. It was just how she said it. I was like, uh, no, we don't do that. But like, it's more of a respect thing. Oh, yeah. And we know that. Yeah. <laughs> I know that too. They should. Even though I will be honest and say I never said yes, ma'am, yes, sir, to either of my parents when I was growing up. I don't know. My mom does it to my dad. Like, not even meaning. Like, it's just habit. She's like, yes, sir. Like. I do it to my students. Mm-hmm. And I swear I've seen something on like teacher Instagram or something that was like you should not say like yes ma'am and yes sir to your students for whatever reason but some of that stuff I kind of just take with a grain of salt and I'm like it it teaches them to say it and while I don't care if they say it to me I know Mm -hmm. they have people in their life Mm -hmm. in their future who see that as a sign of respect and Mm -hmm. I want them to be respectful individuals Mm -hmm. so you know if I model that behavior just with anything Mm -hmm. they will do it back like I didn't start making my kids say yes ma'am and no ma'am to me until I had an older co-worker that they uh-huh. talked to and they were going yeah and I was like no 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 this won't work I'm just like as long as you acknowledge that I am talking to you right now <laughs> we're good yeah I'm realizing now that I didn't really say that a whole lot growing up sometimes it depends on the person it'll come out but it just it's mostly person based I do it like it's bad I work with women so like I'll be in a store like talking to the cashier and he'll say something and I won't know I won't hear him and I'll go ma'am and then I'm like oh I'm sorry (laughs) sir My mom's done that, and it's so funny every time it happens. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry. I work with women. Hey, Southerners are Bible thumpers. <sighs> oh, yeah. we, we should uh, prelude this. We're that. in the Bible Belt. That's just natural. Like, yeah. Pre- prelude this that we're reading off a list now saying whether these are true or not on, for yeah, the South. True or false. Yeah, yeah. These are uh, like preconceived things about the South. I would say it's not necessary anymore. I'm thinking about 20 years ago, it was more prevalent but I don't think is it's not as much now see I was not raised in a religious household at all <laughs> yeah mine was interesting because my mom always took us to church my I, my dad didn't go to church mm-hmm. like if he ever did it was just because like we were doing something as kids or like maybe occasionally on Christmas or whatever but I mean my mom made me go to church up until college mm-hmm. and I was like old enough to make decisions myself but it was never like like some people People like still like read their Bibles, scriptures every day and stuff, and that was never pushed. 
We didn't like pray every night before bed that wasn't pushed. We said grace before dinner, though. Yeah, we do that. We always said a prayer before dinner. We we do the hand holding method. We still yeah, do that. We do that too. The, neither of my parents are religious, so I didn't grow up doing yeah. any of that. The only times I ever went to church when I was younger, and I went with other people and their families mm-hmm. to church. Mine. Yeah. You just so got like that experience. I, well, like I think that's what my mom did. I think she was like, "Here, go and have that experience." Yeah. So like I've gone to Peyton's church. Mm-hmm. I went to church with Weatherby and her family, mm-hmm. like when they lived yeah. like next door to us. I've gone to your church mm-hmm. like a couple of times. So like I've been to other people's churches, yeah. but I never went with my family. Mm-hmm. It was always other people's families. Yeah. And I feel like at a certain point as a teenager, like I started developing my own opinions and believes in a sense as much as you can go in those directions whenever you're young and just kind of understanding that they didn't all align with what I had grown up knowing and seeing. But still, it's not anything that's pushed. I mean, out of like my immediate family, the only person who was religious was my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And she was a very devout mm-hmm. Baptist Christian. So like, other than that, no one else in my family was religious. And then we have my grandparent, my mom's parents who are very, very involved in their church. But they're also very liberal people, which I always find so funny because people talk about like the people in their lives and I'm like, I can't relate. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Because this is so different. And that might be why, like, I had that experience growing up and where my mom didn't, like, you know, shove me in certain directions and really just let me believe what I wanted to believe. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I have a very have unique. Very, yeah, we have very different <laughs> we all backgrounds. Have very different experiences when it comes to like yeah. church and religion. I have a very. I don't know if like religion is the right mm-hmm. term, particularly. Maybe Bible thumping is totally different. I will say, um, but I have a very unique situation just because my dad is a preacher mm-hmm. and a pastor and a bishop and all that jazz. As far as like pushing religion, he's never really done that, mm-hmm. and I've never felt. Oh well, I. I have to be a certain way. I've never felt pressured to be a specific way. Which I think has helped you in the long run. Yeah, because I know a lot of preachers' kids that don't end up that way. That they're, you know, put up on these pedestals and they're like, you got to do this, this, and this. And it There's a reason it's been such like a preacher's daughter. Yeah. There's a reason that's because this stereotype has been made but like it's because it's very like demure girls just sort of breaking out and rebelling because they've been you know put into this situation but my dad was never very strict on us about I mean like of course it's a we discuss religion often in my household obviously but I don't think he's ever been like you gotta believe it this way mm-hmm. or you gotta go to church I mean of course when I was young I had to but I mean like as far as right now if I don't go I don't go like It'll hurt his feelings, Mm -hmm. but it's ultimately my decision. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're an adult at this point. Yeah. But I feel like Bible thumping is a bit different. Like the people that are like mean to people that don't share the same beliefs as them. I have known kids that were outspoken atheists and they were given a lot of flack for that in Mm -hmm. school. I think whenever I was in school, I had sort of different opinions, which I'm a very different person now than I was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But especially my thoughts towards people who were atheist or like believed in different things or whatever and kind of like me falling into the like why would you do that mm-hmm. and not because like I had these really like core like Christian values where like 
that kind of stuff but kind of like why would you do that in this environment yeah more so well i mean like when i was about when i was in kindergarten um my one of my very good friends was hindu and you know my parents sat down and explained it to me but and it was in a way where it wasn't okay they believe differently than you and that's wrong it was you know they believe differently than you and you're still supposed to love them and so i've always been a firm believer of people can believe whatever they want to believe i think i was brought up on that idea just because i was brought up in a not not very religious household so (laughs) i just think it was always very like matter of fact like if i ask questions and i'm kind of like that too like if a kid asks me questions i'll answer them but otherwise i'm just like yeah yeah that's how it is with me and my kids i'm not gonna outwardly like tell them stuff or like input my beliefs mm-hmm. onto oh, a child my kids <laughs> my personal thing my kids but. favorite favorite topics are racism religion <laughs> and mm-hmm. what was the other one i don't know but oh politics mm-hmm. racism religion and politics <laughs> i love whenever really little kids get political because i'm also like because it's always like what their parents say and i'm like well i mean they'll ask me questions and i'm like i'm not answering that and i was like first off that's not your actual opinion that's your parents if they if they're older obviously but i'm like i'm not getting into this conversation with you because it's not my place uh southerners can't drive in snow that is very true very accurate yes, it no, is. okay here here's a topic when it there's even a slight chance of bad weather around here school closes <laughs> school closes thank god <laughs> and then for some reason guess what disappears from the store first milk and bread milk and bread we making milk sandwiches up in here <laughs> (laughs) the power goes out we're gonna have some spoiled milk and some bread honestly if the power goes out though the milk's gonna be fine yeah milk's fine well no people still buy this stuff if like it's like hurricane tornado weather yeah that's true (laughs) and i'm like what are you gonna do like get some like peanut butter or something i don't understand it like i don't know if it's just toilet paper i don't know if it's like just (laughs) just because they predict that the prices are gonna go up maybe but i don't know but it's like people do it and they don't know why they're doing it at this point yeah that's that's definitely what there's it is. like gotta go oh checking gotta go buy some milk and bread what's really <laughs> funny is that our household doesn't prescribe to that idea but usually what happens is around that time that a thing like that's about to happen we're my mom's right. like we're out of milk and bread <laughs> we need some <laughs> we never like anytime i'm at my parents house we never have like the food we need never there's snow we're just like i guess we gotta find some or my mom buys like full-on feast like especially <laughs> when we were in school and we were going to be out of school she would buy like all sorts of stuff like we would have monkey bread and like i wish because she's just like the school's out so we're gonna hang out all party like which it kind of is (laughs) my mom gets so excited when school's out like seriously anytime there's like the really rare occasions where there's like three inches of snow or like last year we had an ice storm and inches of snow and school was out for like a week two weeks it was two weeks and a half it's like game over we're done for things are more closed when there's bad weather around here than there was whenever covid hit yeah (laughs) yes yes definitely (laughs) which that also makes sense guess what (laughs) guess what covid went down like for three like for two months no one could go anywhere no one could go anywhere (laughs) so they couldn't infect people the the main reason we can't drive in snow and like we don't go anywhere is because we don't have the equipment to get rid of snow and yeah 
nice yeah, around here. They, they aren't equipment prepped here. And I've heard, like, especially in other states, like, more north of, like, Tennessee and places like that, where they bring in snow plows and stuff mm-hmm. whenever they have really bad weather. Because they're like, we gotta get these people back to work. Um, Everything Southerners eat is fried. Not true. Mm. There's bread there, too. <laughs> <laughs> but none of it's good for us. <laughs> There's also... Um, sweets. Lots and lots, lots of sweets. Lots of sweets. Mm-hmm. And of all of our fried, vegetables but... are cooked down in pork fat. Do you think Southerners are more like family-style meal or buffet-style meal? Family-style. Mm. Yeah, it depends. Most of the dinners that we've had are family-style. If there's a lot of people at the table, we're going to do a buffet. Now, That's how it's been. I will say family. that as I got older and then like my great-grandmother passed away, and like after that, it became more buffet-style. My mom, if she wants to be fancy, she'll do family style to put them in the pretty dishes. But if she's not being fancy, she's like, come and get it. Southerners are politically conservative. Highly likely, but it's also yeah. changing. Yes. I feel like it can go 50-50. It could be either way, depending on what part of the state you're in. Well, there's no 50-50 in <laughs> politics. I mean, the, nope. chan- the chances <laughs> of them being conservative or not. That's as far as we're going in this conservative conversation. Conservative versus everything else. Yeah. Okay. I don't know about yeah. 50-50. <laughs> It's percentage wise. That also has to do with like what area in the South and what area within a state. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Also, I will say Southern, old, old Southern people will vote liberal. Mm -hmm. Not because they agree. the parties. Because the party switched switched and their parents voted liberal. So they vote liberal. Southerners are obsessed with country music. I love no. no. A lot of people I know, though, I'm personally not. None of us in the room are, but it's like country music or rap music, oddly enough. Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking about like good old country boys whenever I say that. Yeah. Country music has changed significantly. That's true, yeah. too. Yeah. Old country music, I can get down to. Like Johnny Cash, play him anytime in my household and I will be down. Dolly Parton, hell yeah. I'm all the time going to love me some Dolly Parton. But Dolly's not country to me. She's just Dolly. Yeah. She is a, on, her own She's, genre. <laughs> what genre? Dolly. Dolly. <laughs> she got her own world going on up there. Like, But I mean, like, Johnny Cash, for sure. My brother doesn't agree that he's country either, but it's just old country. Mm-hmm. Things um, shift. Music shifts. Southerners are avid beer drinkers. I don't know. Because if we're Bible thumpers, you got to think. Our town wasn't wet for a very mm-hmm. long time. Well, they just went out of county to get it and bring it back. But, like, if anyone drinks... It's mostly beer. It's mostly beer. And I think because, like, beer typically is, like, cheaper. I was going to say, yeah, it's priced. Mm-hmm. Cheaper. It's you can drink, too. like, a lot of it, like, in one sitting and not feel too much as opposed yeah. to, like, hard liquor. Hell hath no fury like a southern woman scorned. Hell Amen. yeah. <laughs> Real southern women, you don't mess with. Yeah, you yes ma'am them and you respond whenever they full name you yeah for sure southerners get married young it was definitely that way before i don't know how you define young it is more likely for them to get married in their 20s early 20s early 20s whereas i feel like other places it's more like 30s yeah. now mm-hmm. but i don't know that for sure i feel like one there's not much to do two it's very family oriented around here so they kind of expect you to like get married have children like 
now that I've approaching on 25, I've had three members of my family ask me when I'm having babies. And I'm like, uh, it's going to be a minute. All of mine just ask me about school. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> my parents ask have, about my work and I'm like, thank you. My parents are like, whenever we having grandkids? And I'm like, whenever Josh gives them to you. I'm old. I'm an old maid at this point in the, in the Southern <laughs> In the southern I ideas. love how you're saying this as the youngest in the I know, room. right? That's I know. what I was thinking. I'm 24. Ancient. <laughs> well, I'm 24, and they're like, when am I going to have grandkids? I'm going to be too old to play with them by the time you... And I'm like, give me a few minutes and maybe we'll mm-hmm. come up with something <laughs> that's all i have on the southern things uh, that we can think of i'm sure i'll come up with more as this book progresses this book progresses yeah we'll bring those up as we go through <laughs> so next time we will be diving into chapters four and five right and i do not remember the titles of them but i know we meet some we're still in september Interesting characters. Yeah. We will soon meet some interesting characters. We'll finally get to meet face to face Miss Lena Duquesne. So we really hope you enjoyed. Please remember to follow us on Instagram and stay tuned for next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.